2: Now, you know what? There's a good chance that Brian's going to steal my thunder right now.
1: (laughs) Always. Right? Right? Gibbs? Gibbs, come on. Come on. Can we start the show before you hammer me? Welcome into another edition of Off the Chest with Pecky and Dunny. Uh, Man, if the breaks were the show.
2: Wow, we we just literally went through about five minutes of just talking, not even knowing where we're at. And it could have been the best part of the show
1: it's like your mic'd up segment yeah. where you're not you forget that you're mic'd up <laughs> and then you drop a couple F-bombs here or there and then nobody can use nobody the mic'd use up segment it, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way we are joined by Royalty mm-hmm. Utah Royals head coach Laura Harvey how are you Laura? <laughs> I am great yeah. Laura is great, we, great. so ju- just to kind of put context to the situation we just stepped off the stage at the Mike Pecky coach's show we had a actually, actually, actually
2: tonight it was the Brian Dunseth and Royalty show I kind of sat back purposely I know that uh, Gibbs was a little angry. giblets no no giblets. Not gibbs. giblets i'm gonna call him gibbs all right because yeah, that, that's your nickname okay. this is my nickname all right gibbs. Mm-hmm. you're trying to make me force a nickname on me all right i'm gonna think of one but i literally was Numpty. watching you Numpty guys talk words. and your questions were awesome your answers were incredible and i'm saying why am i gonna get involved in this conversation <laughs> so i'm racking my brain on on a question that could be meaningful yeah and i was just enjoying your conversation you're so. just Great why- show. it
1: was like you're watching the ksl app so Gibbs, see that's, a,
2: that's not a not geez, not, right. not giblets, Gibbs. All right, this week, when Barry you, Gibbs. Tonight, when you um, uh, market this show mm-hmm. to let people watch it tomorrow, um, you have to change the name of it. Yeah. I'm going to leave it on you. It's not the Mike Pecky kosher Show this week. You Ooh. figure out wh- how you're going to call it. it. Okay.
1: Under- do
2: I get do I get branding this week? <sighs> No, it's no. not about you. <laughs> I'm, leaning towards, I'm leaning towards the royalty here. Okay? Man, this is banter. Uh, like, I'm, think it's, I'm thinking something of the, of the former coaches show, but the royalty with unbelievable shoes that has a backstory. <laughs> and, oh, there's a guy, Brian,
1: here. <laughs>
2: show this week. That, that doesn't
1: really it. slip off the tongue easily. like the
2: No, Mike but Pecky the more you say show. it, it does. If you keep saying Can it Can you over, say it again? Can you repeat? I'll,
1: I'll be thinking of all night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, well, by the way, we had a really good conversation. If you missed it, you go to the KSL app, uh, KSL TV app, head over to the soccer icon and click on the show. It's a, it's a fun conversation. We talked about how I basically hate everything that IFAB uh, has brought to the Women's <laughs> I didn't Women's even know World what
0: IFAB was until yeah. this Women's World Cup. <laughs> IPad. I, didn't I didn't know what IFAB was Do you until we started talking for? about
1: it. And Do I you know went, my oh, thing?" No. You know, no, no, no. International football, something I would guess. Clear and obvious mistake.
0: Shut. <laughs> sure. There's a thing that is an actual like organization.
1: IFAB. Yeah, yeah, I
2: have no idea what it stands for. <laughs> are you kidding me? You're dropping iFab the whole time, and I'm sitting there going, yep, yep. <laughs> no, it's In my real. mind, I'm going, it's real. what <laughs> the hell is he you know. talking
1: about? So iFab is, saying. I'm going to look it up here because <laughs> oh, this is gonna, oh, Are you kidding me? Everybody's going to be know? like, no, these no. idiots don't know what iFab is. Yeah, and how I saw I a tweet about I'm
0: th- changing the yellow card thing, and I'm like, I have no, I don't know what iFab, i-fab.
1: is. iFab. <laughs> uh, international Football Association Board. I got the first two. I got the first two right, international The mission on that? What's that? Who's on it? Oh, nah. no one knows. Let's see. Uh, I don't even think Brandy Chastain, <laughs> Pele. Uh... The, the old Dallas Burn horse <laughs> is on there. <laughs>
2: remember, uh, remember when we talked about that? Daniel Hernandez, he's trying to kick soccer balls at the horse. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I, I still remember. What was her name? Veronica. She was like the Univision sideline girl. Is and that... she did a hit. And that was when Univision Veronica went... Vaughn?
2: From Billy Madison? No. Oh, Veronica Vaughn.
1: She was close. <laughs> so pretty. But she was like, I am standing next to the Dallas Brown like horse. Run? And she goes, Horse? And she kinda like put the microphone yeah. in the horse's <laughs> face. And I was like, I don't think the horse is gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, and hey, back to you. And, and we're way off topic, by the way, this is The best sidelines are <laughs> when
0: they get hit in the head with the ball. <laughs> it's they're the best. best. But like the EPL
2: forget about it, dude.
0: Unbelievable.
1: But like at what point do you realize, like, hey, maybe every thirty seconds I should glance? How about the cameraman gives me a little bit of a heads, heads up? up.
2: <laughs> There's a guy oh, winding
1: man. up back there, all right? <laughs> No, he wasn't. He used to do it at Cal State Fullerton because the cars would drive by yeah. and you would act like you were taking a shot, but you would actually try to ping the car that was driving by. And then when you hit him, you're just like, oh,
0: sorry. Yeah.
1: Until the one guy breaks a window They're great. and it comes off. Some of the
0: ones where they smack <laughs> him on the back of the head. I'm like, oh, you meant that. Concussion yeah. central.
1: It's like the Harry Redknapp interview. Oh, oh. that
0: is the best. It's
1: the
2: what, best. Did he, what did he say? He said something along the lines of- That's why you're in the the If you were accurate like that, the or something like that,
0: that's why you're in the effing reserve.
1: Oh, so brilliant. He's the best.
2: Yeah. Have you ever Googled Harry Harry Redknapp uh, Redknapp interviews?
1: Well, I I still miss Transfer Deadline Day because when he's in his car park and he's hanging out the car doing the interviews as they're like waiting for deals to be done, I still think.
0: There's a McDonald's commercial at home, probably shouldn't. Advertise it, but and it's him and Jamie Redknapp, and he's at the window ordering drive through, and they're like, It's transfer deadline day, (laughs) it's great. Yeah,
1: so awesome. Let me ask you guys as managers I know that there's moments where there's questions asked, Mm -hmm. and you are gonna flip your ish. Mm -hmm. And and it's just like, How how can you (laughs) ask now? Whether it's the results, good, bad, or ugly, if it's just the person, if it's the question. When you watch other managers mm-hmm. and like how mm-hmm. and how they go about their business. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you take it as a maybe a learning situation is are there things that you watch other managers and no. say is it, I know you do not I'll tell you why cuz I'm talked a jerk. About, <laughs> I'm a
2: jerk and I know I'm a jerk and I tell everybody that. Gibbs. Do I not come in once in a while to he's, you guys and your whole department?
1: Covered his face and, I and walked say, away. I,
2: I, I walk in. And I say, "Guys, listen. I know I'm a jerk. I use another word. I'm a jerk. But this is who I am. It's no offense, whatever, like that. Uh, I'm a jerk. So I don't look at other managers and see how do they handle this. I just go with what happens in the moment.
0: Yeah, he's just who he is. I love that. Yeah. That's how I am. I tried to just answer it. You're nicer than me, way. though.
2: I think. I yeah. But, but you have the dry English. Uh, the
0: accent get, gets me away with a lot. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. You have exactly. freedom Early in the, the league. Accent. I think
0: I'm the most fine coach in the NWSL. So in the first year, I got fine. Hey, we have
2: something in common. Yeah, I was going to. I got
0: fine <laughs> something because I said the roast rest for a joke. Next question, and I wouldn't answer any other question. <laughs> and then in so you,
1: bella, you be, Bill you Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah, in 2016, when we I had to plan that baseball field, and it was ridiculous. I'd like wrote this big, huge thing after on online and got fined, like, two grand or something.
2: I called the VAR people in the booth. I said that they were watching the Simpsons episode.
1: (laughs) I don't know where that came from, by the way. No, you want to know what the best part about this was? And I've told—I feel like I can't see you. You know what the best part about that was? We're in the midst of doing our post-game show, and we do— i I know he's fired up, right, so I'm, trying I'm waiting to ask, for you to entice I'm, me. I'm asking questions because i the wrong questions I know he's about to lose his mind yeah. and i I can tell he's on one <laughs> and he's about to get fined if I lead him. There's certain questions I know how to ask, and I know I can get different answers from. Kenny Neal is in our ear after we thank Mike and so, say you know David James is going off into another read or whatever and Kenny goes another world Kenny goes in his in his in his good old eastern southern drawl well this is a first and like we're live like we're on camera and he goes Mike Pecky wants to come back on and David James <laughs> well David James goes um all right well I know we just got done with Mike Pecky uh but I guess Mike Pecky has a few things to say. I walk And he turns back and he goes, I can't believe you didn't ask me about... (laughs) This was a joke and loses his mind. With Matt.
2: With Matt Gash. I walk back in the thing and I'm waiting for you guys to ask me something. Now, you are... My favorite person, um, media guy, whatever you want to label yourself as, a pundit, whatever it is. My favorite guy I've ever worked with. You really I appreciate are. appreciate that. Thank you. God's honest truth, you are. Because if I, if I come back at you, I know you're going to come back at me in in a very subtle way, but you're going to get your point across. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm going – I walk back, and I'm waiting for a question to be asked about what happened on that field, why I got kicked out, uh, the, the, the Danny Acosta tackle, which really set me off. Yeah. And I walk back, and Matt goes, you good? And I go – no I'm not good I need to go back out there and, he, and, and pure Matt Matt is not confrontational he's like okay and I, I was like waiting for Matt to be like well why you know like whatever and, and it literally scared me to be honest with you because I was waiting for a little fight back and then maybe perhaps I could get a better head and do this so he's like okay let's go so and it's I'm, Matt's fault and I'm walking like I'm walking down the perp walk almost you know yeah. and I'm going I know this is going to be bad I don't know what the hell I'm going to say it's going to come out and this and that so that that was w- it was amazing that was fun, so we are we are the most fined yeah. coaches in 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 I definitely so definitely, yeah. and there 's no question yeah. yeah
0: all the rest of the coaches in the league are really don 't say anything
1: but but does that tr-
2: <laughs> i don't want to put you on the spot because uh,
1: ask the question, Peggy
2: does that piss you off as much as it does me sometimes is that i 've always said when people ask, why do you talk like that? Why do you explode like that? I said, because I don't want to be a cliched coach. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to say, well, we gave it the old college try and, (laughs) oh, the referees, they have a hard job, you know, to do and this and that. No, you know, sometimes I'll say that if I really mean it. But for the most part, I want to be honest because if I don't, I'm going to go home and I'm not going to sleep for 48 hours because I'm going to be sitting there with my thumbs twiddling going, why didn't I say, why didn't I say, because now I'm
0: thinking about it. Yeah, no, I think that, I just want to say it how it is. And I think that I say it publicly and I'll fight behind the scenes on the same thing. So if I see... Things happening in our league that I don't agree with, mm-hmm. I'll be the one that sends an email to the coach and going, We got to do something about this. And they'll be like, Okay, we'll follow your lead. And I'm like, Can someone else lead it?
2: See, that's Come amazing. Because hmm. if I sent an email to the coaches in this league, they'd be like, Mike, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, who is this? Or, <laughs> you know? Forward I got to, to, Jeff I just have to worry about my team. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about this thing. That's amazing that you, that, that, that that's what I actually strive for. I, I've talked to one or two coaches, Ben Olsen is one of them. Be like, wouldn't it be awesome? We're not allowed to have a, uh, a, a coaches union. Mm-hmm. Not that we're not allowed to. It's been you know balked at this and that. We haven't been able to do it. Wouldn't it be awesome to have like a like a, a fight club type you know yeah. cult underground oh coaches God. union? You know why don't we meet like you know three three times a year? We'll meet in Vegas or something like that. See, we'll have a good time a, and we'll talk about serious but
1: issues. Th- but this was just a story in Major League Soccer about the general managers sitting at the MLS Combine. And mm-hmm. the draft, and then I would imagine the same at the NWSL. Yeah, combine we and meet
0: one, once a year at the draft. So for the
1: now, and this just came out a week or two ago, that this kind of became a little collective with the general managers, sporting directors, and now their, their ideas, their conversations as they get together and have these conversations about how they see the need, league needs to grow, how the salary cap, the, what a salary budget because there's, no there's no cap, Um <laughs> how 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 these little things that maybe they think about the what the league's process is, how the league can maybe absorb this information, not you not necessarily use it but just be more generally aware. Why wouldn't that be a smart yeah. idea for both NWSL and Major League Soccer? There a is coach? a referees union. <laughs> Okay?
2: There is a referees union. Not not there is no coaches union. There is no outlet for me to go to uh uh my people and say this is not right, go fight for me. Zero. There is a referees union. How many times have I said after a game in an interview with you or, or, or something like this is that I just would love the referees to be front and center after a game mm-hmm. in front of a camera to explain their decision, yeah. to explain their mindset, to explain whatever. God forbid one of them would say, I made a mistake. Holy cow. Let me tell you something. I would send, I would send whatever he wants to his house. But they're protected.
1: Mm.
2: I want to be protected. I want to be. I got fined well, over twenty thousand dollars last year. I want to be protected. Geez. I almost got freaking divorced over it. All right, I. <laughs> That's want why you're getting a new kitchen protected. right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> the new kitchen was the apology, of course, of course. But um, no, I mean, listen,
1: Kim's going to have a new wardrobe if you if you keep getting. Kim's in Spain right now with yeah. the boys. She's, now, so she is getting a new wardrobe. Yeah,
2: she's she's got some sort of CS. Do you, thing do, you going on. do
1: you know what the dollar to the euro is right now? Shut keep up. an eye on your trigger eye on the credit card just as a heads up. <laughs> Listen, Kim is Kim is a professional frugal, frugal
2: shopper. Yeah. Frugal. I mean, she comes home with $800 worth of clothes that she paid $25 for. I'm like, what?
0: what? I need to go shopping with her. Well, oh,
2: you, right. Laura, mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, I'm not, ex- that's 825 is exaggeration, but you have to go shopping with her.
1: Ooh, Laura, did you know, But last, by the way, last week he was wearing sneakers that were purple and did not have laces on them. That said, Mike on the back of his sneakers. You see, you know what? You're, you're literally setting this story up pathetically. No. It was an unbelievable story behind it. No, I'm allowing. See, this is called a setup. I'm being your partner here. You here, while I'm malicious in my intent to set you up. Correct. I'm affording you the opportunity to clarify why you had Mike written on the back of your that sneakers. That was covered
2: in last week's show, right? But it she was wasn't here. Maybe she didn't from see it. Tim Reem, who played that night that we were broadcasting, right? Mm-hmm. That night, um, I saw him the week before, and it was uh, I was in his wedding, and that was his wedding gift to all the yes. um, people in his wedding party. It was Nike shoes, purple. Uh, with your name on the back. And I've never worn them once before, except for that wedding. Mm. And Brian pointed out the scuff marks on them. Oh, you never wore them? That night at the wedding, we did races. We, you know, af- after a couple of waters, yeah. we did some races. <laughs> awesome we, you Russia. know, dancing. I was cutting a rug, this
1: and that. Anyway. Brian, <laughs> by the way, by the way these, these were not gently used. Wh- whatever the sparkling water was that night it looked as if he had worn them for a couple of years straight because they were worn down like you could see his running style based on the way they were worn uh, down okay. well that's what tim
2: gets cool. for having his wedding in st louis and then everybody stay at a casino in st
1: louis oh boy so i was running from a on lot the of water i was Good running from yeah me. right in the way i was running from a lot of things that running night. for your life that night <laughs> I <was running> like, <laughs> hey at least you took the the laces out No,
2: no, no. I said the laces came out because I wasn't happy with laces in another shoe over the last five years. And I said, oh, I'm never going to wear these shoes. And, you know, I'll take the laces out there and put them in this show. That's why. Uh And I was too lazy to put laces in before the show.
1: I, I, yeah. All right. You done grilling me about my shoes? This is the point of the show. Okay. Not necessarily
2: about your name on the back of the shoes. So I'm going to take over for a second. Yeah. All right. We've gone, as always, way of course. We're. I love it. Being Being ridiculous. Yeah. Being Stupid. I want to get serious for a second. I asked Laura a question uh, before we went in the air. That was one of the things that we talked about uh, in the intro about the, the, the last five minutes should have been on air. Um, something caught my attention mm-hmm. uh, during the Pecky show. And yeah. you guys should watch it. Sponsored by Xfinity. Um, you made a statement that you're an a proud gay woman. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I know that because we yeah. have a good relationship. Yeah. Um, and I started in, in that moment, I said to myself, I said, I've never again, not that I'm combing through your interviews, but I said, I've never heard Laura say that publicly. Yeah. Uh, and I asked you the question before the show started. Is that the first time that you publicly said that? Because to me, it was empowering to me. Um, I'm reading the Howard Stern book right now. That was one of my Father's Day gifts from my 11-year-old, by the way, Mm. (laughs) which tells you a lot about our household. It was awesome. Um, And the whole book centers around, it's not a book written, you know, that he writes words. It's all his favorite interviews. And one of them was Ellen. Nice. And my wife and I, and actually my kids are huge Ellen fans. Yeah. We love that show. We love especially the, the YouTube outtakes of, of the dancing and stuff yeah. like that. And she's awesome. And when I read this interview, you know, to hear her, her past, her history, and her coming out openly on a show that, by the way, got canceled about three shows later. Yeah. And they never said that it was because of that. It was a volatile time, you know, inequality, you yeah. know in equality, you know, in gay rights and all that. Um, but obviously that had something to do with it. It. yeah and for her to say that publicly at that time and that was the whole part of the chapter on ellen and all it is is a transcript of all the interviews and, and but he writes a, a forward and all of them and it was unbelievable so i immediately thought of ellen i immediately thought of wait have have, have do i realize that has laura ever said this publicly mm-hmm. so you take it away now i asked you a question before you gave yeah. me an answer expand on it go for it because that was awesome by the way
0: thank you i yeah i i think i said this before i don't know if i have ever said it publicly in an interview setting i think when i was in seattle i was very open about who i was and you know the life that i lead and i think that um the last nine years of my life have been very different than the the 30 years prior to that um it took me a long time to to come out to my family. And once I did, it was life changing. You know, they were really accepting of me and um, love me for who I am immediately. I had no backlash at all from my family. Um, and that sort of set the trend of the life that I was willing to lead. Um, I'm not super in your face about anything to do with my personal life, really. But I feel that this month you know this pride month that everyone has i think is a is a time where people can be really proud of of who they are whatever sexuality they are race gender everything i think that it's just a time where anyone and everyone can be proud of the life that they they want to live the the person that they are the people that they love and um i'm so lucky that i live in an environment where I have always been accepted. I haven't really faced a lot of the things that the Ellens of the world really faced. Some of it was my own choice because I chose not to come out until I was a little bit older. Um, I've had a lot of friends who've gone through it that didn't have the same journey that I've been on that it was more difficult for them. Um, and I feel that I'm, a, I'm in a good place where the platform that I have, I want to use it positively in whatever way I can. Um, yeah, and I'm just really proud of the person that I've become that I can sit here and be comfortable saying that.
1: I can go. I was going to follow up but I, the moment that you have a question I'm going to let you go. Go <laughs> ahead <laughs> because I don't
2: have many questions. Um, one thing that stood out in what well a lot of things stood out in what you said but the moment you said that you came out to your parents. Mm-hmm. And again, if, 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 if I'm getting too personal here, yeah. you tell me, Mike, shut up, all right? Okay, you no problem. Because um, I remember, for instance, uh, when I came home from college one time and you know, I had a drink with my parents. And, uh, you know, my mom says, I remember when you came home in ninth grade one time, you know, were you <laughs> drinking then, you know, this <laughs> and that? And to me it was this. And, and, and that's totally nothing, to, like, like such a lesser thing mm-hmm. than this. Did you expect your parents to... Like, were you nervous about that? You, oh, I was so nervous! But, yeah. but you really... But what was it because of your insecurities, or you, or what's in your mind, or is there a, a real reason why you think your parents would not accept you for that? And yeah. I'm asking this reason because a lot of, yeah, a lot of yeah, people, lot go, through people go through it. 100%. Almost everyone does.
0: Yeah, and I think that you know, I honestly wish now I'd have told my parents way sooner than I did. Yeah. Um. Because. But you were hesitant. I was really hesitant because I think that I was insecure about myself a little bit and how they would react. And I was already at this point in my life; I I was the head coach of Arsenal. You know, I was established yeah. in a career, um, and the the sad thing that I could I kept battling with was they just didn't know. A, A small part of my life, Mm. but a big part of my life, you know. Mm. And I think that um, me and one of my really good friends, who I'm still really good friends with, said to each other for five years prior to that point, on our 30th birthdays, if we haven't already told our parents, we're going to tell them. And um, randomly, one day in in the 30th year, it wasn't on my birthday, she was like, I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay, me too and uh, so we both did it on the same day which was wild and I actually wrote my parents a letter I didn't tell them face to face I wrote them a letter you
2: told me this one time yeah Yeah, I wrote them a letter and
0: uh, I lived about 30 minutes away from my parents wrote them a letter drove to the house all prepared to hand it to them got absolutely scared to death posted it through the door got back in my car (laughs) drove away real quick and then was like this looking at my phone looking at my phone looking at my phone waiting and then my dad called me I, i couldn't even answer it like i was just scared to death of answering it and uh he left me a voicemail and he was like call me it's everything's fine yeah whatever so called him he said come home so I went home and from that day on it was just great wow. and I think honestly I truly believed they knew
2: I was that was a yeah, follow up question I truly <laughs> believed
0: they knew and have we've never really talked about it in detail but I don't think that they did and I think that but they were so great about it and yeah. everything that my life has become since then has just meant that they can truly be part of everything hmm. Um and they're all part of so much of it, and you know I've got a brother, and he lives in LA, and he's married, he's got a kid, and we're just so close now that to think that only nine years has passed yeah. since that time, it's just phenomenal, yep. and I just feel really grateful because, yeah, they've been amazing.
2: That's awesome.
1: It's incredible to hear that story because I, I know a lot of people unfortunately don't have yeah. the structure yeah. Yeah. and the support,
0: definitely. <clears throat>
1: and you know I've I've haven't told the people on this format, but my upbringing with a uh, a proud gay father who married my mother to have a child and divorce and kind of growing up with him in San Francisco in the heyday of the AIDS epidemic above the Castro Mm -hmm. and watching so many of his friends pass away. And he's been HIV positive since I was 21. And now, 21 years later, he's still chugging along down in Palm Springs. It's been... For a kid from Southern California to have kind of this dual upbringing of, okay, I've got a family environment, but I have a proud gay father. And being at Hamburger Mary's and going to uh, the Russian River Resort, which is a gay resort where everybody's butt naked (laughs) and everyone's like, hey, do you want to have a duck fart? And I was like, I don't really know what a duck fart is. And it's like, hey, (laughs) here's a little duck and you drink drink Kahlua out the back of it. And oh my God, why is this guy not wearing pants? And this is awkward. And no, I'm not a chick. I'm actually, I'm straight, (laughs) but this is my dad and I'm proud of him. he's he's gay (laughs) it was amazing like I had the coolest upbringing and my dad like I had this 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 world that I was exposed to but then in the midst of this having conversations with so many people that were gay that for one reason or another, didn't have the support, mm-hmm. the familiar structure to be able to tell their parents. Yeah. And there's no clear path. No. But I think the one, one thing that's been incredible, as there's been obvious hurdles for everybody um, for their own personal journey, is at least now when people talk about Pride weekend or Pride yeah. night or the Pride parade – it's not just a straight versus gay thing. The inclusiveness is for everybody. Yeah. But it gets wrapped up. The narrative gets such a little tight ball yeah. of, oh, this is why you should support it. Or this is why you shouldn't support it. Or why isn't every day a pride day? But those
2: people are scared who scared are opposition. They're scared unknown. Scared. That, that's, to me, that that's everyone's what the they same, are. That everyone's the same. That we all believe. It's not bleed. that they don't totally. The same thing. That, that, that they're so against it for whatever reason. They're scared for two reasons for me. You know, one is their perception of whatever they support. There's mm. their party, you know, whatever the, the right, the left, the central, whatever the hell it is. And the other thing is, is that they're unfamiliar with it. You know, mm. they grew up, I mean, my dad and mom, you know, grew up at a time that this was not spoken about, you yeah. know, and I'm sure I, I, my, my parents are a certain age. I don't know how old your parents are, but I'm assuming it's the same time. And, it's interesting to have conversations with them now about this. I mean, they hear the podcast. We've talked about you yeah. know Pride Week and stuff nonstop. When I went to Orlando yeah. last year, we had a big show about that. And they they love how I am and how accepting I am. And they are accepting as well. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like... It's not. It's not like they've always been accepting, and it's yeah. not that, I don't blame them. You know, they grew up at a different time and age.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? There was a lack of exposure well, to the yeah. idea and the, and, and the understanding. Lack of exposure is an understatement, but is. yes, yeah.
2: absolutely. That.
1: Let, let's do this. Let's take a quick time out. On the flip side, we'll I don't continue. want to take a time out. We, we have to. Roll. We got to pay some bills. <laughs> right. It's how you get paid. It's the union. It's the Broadcasters Union that we just started. That so you could be
0: part of a union.
1: We'll be We're right back. Of the Broadcasters. Yeah. Welcome back to Off the Chess with Becky and Dunny. And yes, Mike, I did say the duck fart. Well, that's going to
2: be your Christmas present T-shirt, by the way.
1: Yeah, I had no idea what it was. I'm yeah. so glad you explained that. It, it was So again, it was <laughs> – le, let me set the scene. I was – well, no, I got to figure out.
2: Yeah, no, that's what I'm
1: saying. No, no, when I, I hear like, that, so I'm because, like – No, I'm, I'm thinking about the legalities of this story. I was 21 years of age, Great. and I was in a place called the Russian <laughs> River Resort, the Triple R <laughs> And, again, it was it was just all dudes, right? All dudes. And I was with my dad, and we went to go get a drink. And the guy goes, do you want a duck fart? And I was like, I don't know what a duck fart is. And all of a sudden, it was a duck shooter. And I was like, okay, what's in it? And he said, Kahlua. And I was like, ah, oh, Kahlua, the color, it makes sense. I was like, so how do you drink it? And he goes, well, you put the duck's butt in your mouth and that's how okay. you drink it that's how you empty it's it got, hence, hence this is just gone duck way fart. Way off <laughs> does it does that not make sense the duck fart it makes total sense to me uh, wow does that not make sense to you I don't know my dad's, a, <laughs> my dad's a
2: duck hunter. I grew up a duck hunter. I gave up duck so hunting. So you stick so the duck's I'm,
1: butt in your I know. I hear that's what oh, you drink. Wow. It. I it's have. not a real duck. It's a, it's a shot glass. <laughs> if that's a duck. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to
1: Google it, Lord. Oh, that's awesome worse than or. like a cement mixer I'll or go straight to a YouTube 151. Or, yeah. I want to see you to triple R. Oh, okay. this is crazy. Uh, by the way, if you're just joining us, but you've been joining us the whole time. We're with Utah Royals head coach Laura Harvey, uh, Real Salt Lake head coach Mike Peckham, Brian Dunseth, <laughs> off the mm-hmm. chest podcaster. Um, yeah, this is this is the levels of conversation that we <laughs> dive into great. I think this is a new level this is this is phenomenal yeah. I love it. Well this is the first time it's just been you and I like I talking trash to each other and having a good time but now that we have Laura here now it's like legit locker room banter. Yeah, I love it. It's great. <laughs> it's all I live for. I Um are you are you surprised that I've played mm-hmm. with I've personally played or known actually a lot more Gay male soccer players yeah. than have ever come out. I, I know. I know Robbie Rogers. I know there's a bunch of guys that have have come out. Mm-hmm. After they've played the game. Yeah. But I understand the culture of the locker room and I understand the language and I understand how there's certain words that are used, the masculinity of the words that are used more as a shot of um, are you strong? Are you tough? Versus how I think the words are viewed outside of a locker room and the whole culture of a locker room that gets super crazy and convoluted. Mm -hmm. But are you surprised that more men in the game haven't come out or – because in my mind, I st- I can still understand why people choose not to, to hold yeah. on to a piece of them that is so, so pure and honest, but at the same time, they're protective of it, their sexuality, because of still kind of the stupidity of some the of the stigma. comments that they found yeah. themselves yeah. dealing with.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think growing up in England and the... Uh, traditional male I mean, locker room che- yeah. changing room banter that I would see and probably join in with honestly um, was yeah I can totally understand why a, a male player wouldn't wouldn't feel comfortable coming out um, mm-hmm. I think that oh well I hope that times are changing and I think when Robbie Rogers came out I felt that it was a real turning point for the game Um
1: Colin Martin and Minnesota United is out as mm-hmm. well.
0: I think there's and again, I think now the the hard thing is I think the first person that does it is the person you remember. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think that um then it's hopefully it opens the doors for other people and I and then I think that it doesn't necessarily become as big a story. Agreed, hundred percent. Which it shouldn't it, be. It shouldn't be. Yeah. But the it's first person away. that comes out um is always the biggest story, right? Mm. Ellen Megan yes. Rapinoe, Robbie mm-hmm. Rogers, it's, it's always that way. So I think that um, I hope that people feel more um, safe that they can do that. Um, and if they don't, then they maybe need to decide if that's the right environment for them to want to be in. And mm-hmm. if it is, then keep doing it. And if mm-hmm. it's not, then maybe try and change the environment that you currently live in.
1: Because I, I've, I've played with guys that I know are gay mm-hmm. at the uh, were that they were comfortable having a conversation with me about it Yeah, <clears throat> but not comfortable utilizing the spotlight to kind of be they they were they were they were all introverted in my like they weren't extroverts they were introverted and i think the idea of leading the charge yeah. was a daunting I, task I, for I, them because the oppression I, it's been oppressed that's for it. so long i, I think, think that's that's it, it, especially I think. on the male side yeah. you know yeah. i
0: think not that in women's sport or soccer specifically it's easier but i think it the environment within is definitely easier but i still think it's the same there's a lot of female athletes that you know let's use me as an example i maybe have never said this publicly before it's not cuz i feel uncomfortable about it it's i don't really want the spotlight around yeah. it um but i think that the environment within our sport is it's way more accepted in our locker room that that is the life that people live and um, the big part about it is have they chosen to openly say that they're gay like same yeah i know a lot of female soccer players who are gay and i think are you openly gay should i say that publicly maybe i shouldn't or, yeah. you know i'm not quite sure and i think it's for it's everyone's story for themselves to tell yeah. and i think that the brave ones that go out there and and speak their truth um you know i've megan rapinoe I've coached her know her, her gone through a lot with her i think that she is an activist just in life in general and yeah, um, yeah. so you know this the world that she chooses to to be in is that she feels her voice is bigger than herself hmm. and she chooses to use it in a way where you know coming out and being an openly gay athlete in 2011 which seems a while ago now yeah uh, was a huge deal then but now she's just flourishing as being the tree, Megan Rapinoe, which she, I think it's great. Sh- in,
1: in 2011, by the way, having the support of Nike and that yeah. whole campaign, yeah. it, w- yeah. it was unbelievable. Groundbreaking. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
2: She had an unbelievable quote. Was it today or yesterday? Today. Uh, about the White House? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she literally said, F the White House.
1: No, she said, no. I'm not going to the effing White okay, House. Okay, I'm
2: sorry. Yeah. All right. So she yeah. said yeah. effing White House. Well,
1: because-, because Thank, I, you. I, Thank you, editor. No, because <laughs> I retweeted that and the amount of pushback- of again, th- I think those that look at Megan Rapino as the athlete, yep. and those look at Megan Rapino, as you said, as the activist for how she's chosen to take her stands publicly. But I've never
2: yeah. met Megan.
1: Ever. She's awesome. I've, I barely know her, I'm but sure. she is I have
2: never met Megan. Unbelievable. It is very obvious from, from watching her speak, from what she stands up in, she's an intelligent yeah, woman. Yeah, she is
0: very. And a firecracker. Intelligent cracker. person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So she knows. She's not just saying something that perhaps, I think I'm an intelligent guy, but don't get me wrong, <laughs> that, that perhaps I would do off the beaten, you know, just yeah. like fly off the handle. She's calculated in a good way. You know she knows uh, when I say calculated she has weighed in her mind if I say this or if I say something along these lines yeah. what's going to happen yeah. and and she knows it well, so th- to me that's awesome
1: but yeah. that it brings up an interesting so, so whether I, thought-
2: I believe in anything or not whatever mm. she stands for I think what she's doing is awesome
0: well yeah, that's I had, that's- com- I had a, sorry I had a conversation with her not long ago and just said like I think the the thing that I love about her is that she speaks in a way that is more than about her Mm, and whether it's about equality whether it's about her beliefs around oppression whatever it might be she speaks about things that are bigger than herself Mm. and for me that's it's brave you know I think she's just brave and I feel she's had a lot of backlash and negative things that have gone on within all of her decisions that she's come out to say things publicly but I do believe that she does things with the intent of believing that she's doing things in the right way that she believes is right.
2: Exactly what you just said in in a different way. Um, That's the way I want to live my life. That's the way I want my kids to live a life is this, is at the end of the day, can you look yourself in the mirror and say... I stood for what I believed in, or I said today what I really felt. Yeah, doesn't matter about what backlash. If you really feel that, how many people truly say what they feel? Yeah, you know, very few. To I'm be quite proud honest of with who you, I am. yes, yeah. this is who yeah. I am. Like me, hate me. I don't give a sh. To be honest with you, yeah, can I say that on this? No, but it's a podcast. Wow. Yeah, but
1: you can. Okay, but I, I don't I give an s ish.
2: I don't give an SH number sign T, okay? Um this is who I am, you know, and she and she does that yeah. a, a, along with a lot of other people.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think and she's I think lately I've sort of been empowered by not just Pinot, but a lot of what's happening within our sport of saying our platform's big and let's mm-hmm. use it to the to make women's sport and sport in general a better place. Why do you think I
2: got dragged on this podcast? There you go. And this show? Because I'm like, wait. And with, with encouragement from Brian and, and, oh, and Gibbs.
1: Hold on. You know, hold on. this is a, we could, we could talk about something too,
2: uh, other than soccer and yeah. talk about social just issues. Just to be
1: clear, Laura, it took me probably less than two minutes to convince him to do a podcast. Well, because I've been waiting my whole life for somebody to come up and say, hey, we could do this thing and it's public, whatever. I said, you know what we could do? We could just do the podcast and we can continue the conversation. He goes, done. No, I think I said, cool. Cool. But cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. When do we start? Let's do it. Do mean? Let's We're, we mean, there's a microphone. We get just say whatever we want. So, so, Is that these cameras with lights that give. I does? love this conversation, mm-hmm. but oh, the ooh. but the context of this also has ramifications on how you guys have to manage the collective mm-hmm. on top of the individual, yeah. and and the reason why I bring that up. I, I don't understand the parallel. Okay, so you and I talked about at one point there was an idea. That a team oh. that you were managing yes. was thinking about taking a knee yep. <laughs> during yep. the national yep. anthem. Okay, now again, and it. while you didn't necessarily, you, you could have your own feelings of the subject yep. of how you looked at the situation and what the statement was about. Um, you also had to deal with the ramifications of a public statement of a group of players yep. that represented not only your coaching staff, the fans, and the organization. <laughs> so, in the context of that everything that we're talking about tonight, mm-hmm. if it's a Megan Rapino, if it's a player coming out and publicly willing to take the spotlight on, this also has ramifications. You, I guess you guys have to almost compartmentalize yeah. of how you guys are managers yeah. and you got to deal with the group, but also seeing the personality of the individual wanting to make a statement.
2: Well, I'm going to say very briefly, because we've covered this, and yeah. I'm going to turn it over to Laura to have her thing, but what we covered in that episode that we talked about. It was like about three or four episodes ago. Yeah. And what I was trying to get across was there's very few things in life that if a player came to me and believed in something... And ask me if it's okay to stand up for this cause. Aside from the cause being, I believe in kicking babies in the head that are walking down the street. (laughs) Listen, dude, no, I don't support that. You're not doing that, you know? (laughs) Aside from something crazy like that or a racist thing or, uh, you know, a homophobic type thing, you know, uh, I don't have to believe Solely in, in in what they're protesting, but as long as it's not evil, as long as it's not you know uh, weird or, or something that 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 could really be that's cut and cut and dry yeah, that and wrong, issue. Yep. that it's wrong. Yeah. Good, do it. I will have your back. But the whole point of this conversation we had was, but know that there's going to be major yeah. dr- uh, blowback. Yeah. You know, and I will stand behind you. Yeah. I will stand behind you. You know, however, you have to understand this. You can't just wake up one morning and say, I believe in this. You know, it's a hot topic issue right now. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do is I want to kneel during this. I'm all for that. You know, protest is one of the biggest things this country was founded on. Mm -hmm. You could almost argue that the country was founded on protest. Yeah, it was. You know? Sorry, Laura england okay. it's it's it's
0: yeah. it's, you know it's china okay i love you know it's trying to take over the country um
2: so i'm all for it but you know at the end of the day i don't have to believe in exactly the cause but the right to stand up for what you believe in is is yeah. big to me
0: yeah well i was megan's coach when she out yeah you know for the first time and i think i didn't know she was going to do it um i don't think that At the time, we'd really gone through what the ramifications of that was. But when it happened, the conversation within the locker room was an open one with the group of how people felt about it, what they wanted to do about it. Um, And I remember our next next home game was actually September 11th. And that had its... Own, yeah, yeah, it's its own different thing, right? That was so, first,
2: that was the first day that you did the pr- no. So, awesome. we had
0: two away games prior to our next home game. So, the away games were, were different because we don't really control what that looks like, yeah. the pre the game yeah. and there was a lot that went around that. Um, but then the home game, it was okay, look, it's September 11th, we it's a bigger conversation mm. than just one person, let's talk it out, and again. Megan is very intelligent and we had a very strong group of characters that believed in multiple different things. So there was an agreement of linking arms. Um, everyone linked arms and it was in conjunction with the Seahawks at yeah. the time um, that they all linked to arms. And um, I think that's what happened in that anthem. And then after the next in the next home game, some rather than kneeling they didn't some people didn 't come out for mm. the anthem, so they all addressed it in their own way and and I remember at the time we didn 't have a gm but there was me and the owner, and we basically ran the club was this has to be a conversation that we have we can 't just make decisions for them, yeah. because then we 're not. We're not involved with in them in the process. We involved the away team. Megan went and spoke to the away team the day before the game at their training session to say, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. This is what I believe in. You don't have to do anything. You can do this. This is what we're doing as a team. You can just do what you would normally do at an anthem. Or if you want to protest in another yeah. way, you can. And I think that the fact that it wasn't an elephant in the room and we actually spoke about it meant that... She felt she was empowered to have her own belief.
1: Yeah,
0: Other people who in the locker who, room who believed the same or in different ways uh-huh. believed that they had a, a voice within that too. Um, and it, it was a tough time. I think that, you know, I don't think at the time anyone believed what it would create, mm-hmm. you know, the media around it. Um, but yeah, I mean, from a, it's not something that you get taught on a coaching course, let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> you know, it's not, no. it's not a topic of how you deal with something like that. That's but an
2: on-the-job learning experience. Oh, science. yeah,
0: crazy. Yeah. And um, I just think that the, the greatest thing was the conversation. The mm. conversation on why, what it means, what the outcome could be, what the backlash could be, what the backlash was at that time. I remember being sent a a shirt a t-shirt of the team of the rain at the time with like death threats and we were getting everything. We yeah. had to have police escorts everywhere. It was crazy. Um but no one expected that. I don't think Pino did. The team definitely didn't. So it became this thing where we had to really go into depth of what we were doing, why we were doing it, what that might look like if we decided to do it this way, what we thought the backlash might be, if we decided how we could embrace the community in the proper way. And um, I mean, it was a tough time for everybody, I think, but it it was also really empowering to see these grown women really speak up and believe in something that was bigger than themselves. And some of it was... With Pino, some of it wasn't, mm-hmm. and just evolving through that was really interesting. So
1: I'm so intrigued by this because mm-hmm. I think about all the scenarios when people make decisions and yeah. how they're going to – How I guess how blown away were you that through all the due diligence of trying to create what all these – Magical scenarios could be good, bad, and different, and super ugly. Were you still surprised at maybe some angles of the support versus some angles of the extreme blowback, death threats, etc.?
0: Yeah, a little bit. I think initially it was, it was. We we just didn't know. We it, Like Mike says before, you're just on the, on the minute, on uh-huh. the job. We were at an away game in Chicago. We then went to Washington, D.C., and that travel became crazy. We then went back to Seattle, and it was a little calmer, but then it becomes September 11th, and it's like, okay, how do we deal with that? So it was just... I just remember a lot of phone calls, a lot of coffee meetings, a lot of sitting with the players in the locker room, talking it out. Not to a... Uh, it didn't become... a big debate but it was this is how I feel okay fine appreciate how you feel this is how and so the players gained voices that you never you never saw out of them Mm. before you know because I think something like that becomes really passionate to everybody and and in fairness to Pino at the time there was some people that didn't agree with the way she was going about it and she was really respectful of their disagreement but they were also respectful of her and what her beliefs were and I think from a club's perspective at the time and as people sort of in charge of that group we were really mindful to make sure that we made sure everyone was respected too Yeah. That if someone had a real strong opinion about it, that we respected what they were thinking, and I think that um, I like to think we handled it in the best way that we could. Um, but again, there's no book written on, <laughs> and there's no steps written, no book written on how to how to go through that. Um, but I do feel like that every player in that scenario felt empowered to to do what they felt was right at that moment in time. But
1: I still think the the imagery of locking arms mm. was still. Probably even more powerful than what the idea, for me personally, of what I understood what dropping to a knee represented, Mm -hmm. um, but I thought the imagery... Of just locking arms, because then it's the collective, right? It's less about the individual. You can still voice your opinion, but then the imagery is less "quote unquote" disrespectful from the way people are using it, and it's then used as a positive attribute. Even though I think some will argue that just by dropping one knee, you've spurred the conversation in a direction that
0: it it was really interesting with the Seahawks. Actually, I think Seattle's a super liberal city, right? I think that, um, and they were really. I think Doug Baldwin, uh, Richard Sherman at the time, um, Stanford grads, yeah. you know, not...
1: Intelligent.
0: Really intelligent yeah. guys. And I think they actually met with Pino that week and were, um, again, like super involved. Like, it, was, it was so interactive. It was really interesting to see how all these different athletes from all different walks of life, some that NFL, MLS, NW, everybody... WNBA you know all came together and decided okay if you want to protest at this moment in time this is how we're going to do it Um, and I think the Seahawks had a home game on the same day as us so it was like they did it exactly the same time that that our players did it and it was yeah it was just really empowering to see all these people come together and have a conversation that was that was most empowering thing for me anyway. I, I just think the, the
2: the overly ironic part about this whole thing, to me, it's so ironic, is that the person who is standing up for uh, an injustice in our day and age is the one that's persecuted by the people who are providing that injustice. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I, I think that taking a knee or, or, or whatever Megan did, Kaepernick did, uh, Sherman did, uh, 15, 20 years ago, okay, then, you know, you're not, we're not educated on everything, you know? In this day and age, it's just so ironic that that's the talking point. Right. You know? That's the narrative yeah. that how could they do that to the flag? Meanwhile... What's going on to their rights, to their liberties, to mm-hmm. their, you know, what the Constitution yeah. says, life, life, liberty and a pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. you know. And it, to me, it, it's some sort of it is comical on the other side. And I, I think it's like I said, whether I agree with exactly how things were done, a large part of it, I do. There are certain little things, but I get it. You know, I appreciate yeah. it. I respect it.
1: I think this is a really healthy, good conversation. Yeah, this is fun. right?
2: Uh, I might sleep here tonight.
0: Well, <laughs> I don't know if I could drive home. I'll I'm give
2: so you right I'm on. so emotionally I'll give, drained. I'll give you a that, right. You know, on. I'm like I might just fall back in his chair.
1: Uh, Pride weekend here in SLC. Second annual Real Monarchs Royals and RSL Friday night. Seattle Rain taking on or er, Friday night Utah Royals taking on Seattle Rain. I read it into the Stadium, 8 p.m. And then on Saturday, Real Sully taking on big rivals sporting Ooh. Kansas City. Mm. They hate each other. They kick each other <laughs> the down the feet. I love it. Benny Phil Haber.
0: he's back, right?
1: Yeah,
2: he's back.
0: Uh,
1: so, by the way, thank you. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, no,
2: thank you, Laura, for joining. Good. It was yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, no, fantastic thank you stuff. Having me uh, again, off the chest, an RSL Podcast Network production in collaboration with KSL Podcast. Recorded at KSL Radio Studios in Salt Lake City, Utah. Produced by Ryan Hale. Subscribe to the show: Ryan. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Gibbs. Giblets say goodbye. Gibbs. Bye. See you next week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>